0: Hi there, welcome to Colourfit Chat number 16. There's lots of time for CPD at the moment and there's been some fantastic resources shared since the lockdown and today is no exception. Our guest is performance nutritionist Charles Ashford. Charles currently works at the University of North Texas where he leads the sports nutrition programme for all the collegiate teams and athletes which he has built from the ground up. Charles is originally from the UK and moved to the US six years ago to pursue his career ambitions and he's never looked back. He holds a master's degree in sports nutrition, he has full practitioner registration with Senar and is a registered nutritionist through the Association of Nutrition. Alongside this he has credentials for sports nutrition, strength and conditioning and exercise physiology. I recently saw him present at the NASM conference and he was absolutely superb. Charles is going to talk about nutrition for American football, which is the focus of his current PhD. It's an absolute brilliant episode from a brilliant practitioner, and I'm sure you're going to take absolutely loads from it. If you want to ask any questions or an opinion, then please get involved on tonight's Twitter at 7pm on at colour underscore fit. Really hope you enjoy the show.
1: Okay, so good evening, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Fit Chat. Question number one this evening is what are the energetic demands of American football? So like most team sports, American football is intermittent in its nature. The typical play lasts right around 5 seconds, with an average rest period of about 30 to 32 seconds in between these plays. The total duration of the game can be over 3 hours, although it's not too uncommon that this gets close to 4, depending on the different styles of offense being featured in the games. Clearly, these repeated high-intensity efforts are going to tax both the phosphatocreatine and the anaerobic glycolytic pathways. As the game progresses, we're likely going to see a reduction in muscle glycogen content, which can negatively impact performance through decreased work and power outputs, two pretty key indicators of success on field for the athlete. In addition to this, we're probably going to see some inter-individual differences based upon positions. Your offensive, defensive lines and running backs are required to pretty much run, block and take contact on every play that they partake in and repeatedly and rarely substitute in and out of the game. Also, the different styles of offense or tactical schemes put in place by the coaches can also uh, differ and change the energetic demands of the sport. Lastly, the fantastic work done by Nestan Costello and James Hudson in both Rugby League and Union has showed us that contacts increase their energetic demands uh, in the recovery period. Although this research hasn't been done in American football, given the large contact nature, which takes place pretty much every play these athletes participate in, we can hazard a pretty good guess that their energy demands in the recovery period are increased. Therefore, important for the practitioner to take note of. Okay, so question two. Now we have a good understanding of the energetic demands of the sport. How does this inform our guidance and practices as practitioners working with American football athletes? So these athletes typically have a large body mass. So therefore high calorie intakes to be able to not only maintain this mass, maintain lean muscle mass, but also be able to complete the work which comes in a training week, in season, a recovery period. Uh, ready are these calorie intakes getting low uh, and these guys love to eat. Um, always a pretty heavy emphasis on protein. Obviously, protein is going to help with the retention and growth of new muscle mass. Um, it's going to help facilitate recovery. And also, uh, again, these athletes love to eat, uh, and protein is a big part of that. So anywhere between 1.6 to 2 grams per kilogram for athlete is going to help facilitate those training adaptations and that recovery piece. And we can really emphasize this for our menus and dining facility And again, by tailoring the different snacks that athletes have access to. And again, supplemental protein is not uncommon in East American football athletes. And again, holding on to this muscle mass is really key. Um, Some research at the elite level shows pretty significant correlations between body mass and performance. Uh, And again, ensuring that these guys are are getting paid uh, those big contracts that they're after. Given the high-intensity, intermittent nature of the sport, there's obviously, going to be emphasis on carbohydrates, and we're going to try and achieve this through good quality whole food sources at mealtimes. And again, making sure we're having uh, the right snacks and beverages around training to help these athletes get those carbohydrates in. Lastly, an important one uh, and often overlooked is uh, emphasizing those mono and polyunsaturated fat sources. I think, especially at the collegiate level. Athletes like to gravitate towards the fast food, the fried options, perhaps uh, these high quality fat sources get left on the back burner. I think really important to not only support their performance, but their health. Uh, American football athletes do have a pretty good documented history of having cardiovascular issues, uh, especially with this kind of incessant need to gain weight and mass. So again, uh, making sure that we're taking care of their health too with the dietary fats. Question number three. Are there any hydration or cooling strategies that you like to use with American athletes? So here in the US, especially around about the time the training camp and the competitive season gets underway, it's not too uncommon, especially in the south, that temperatures are still in excess of 100 degrees Fahrenheit. And athletes can be practicing in this heat twice a day uh, and with the protective gear also. So trying to find ways to help uh, athletes hydrate, rehydrate and stay cool effectively is really a key part of what the performance nutritionist does. Um, Another factor not often spoken about is offensive linemen. Defensive linemen typically have pretty high percentages of body fat, so their ability to dissipate that heat uh, can be difficult. So we may look at incorporating some ice slurries prior to practice. Um, Athletes seem to take to these well. and A good good way of being able to kind of cool the body prior to uh, practice and try and offset some of those negative effects of the heat. Uh, fortunately, given the nature of the sport, we're able to take plenty of hydration breaks So making sure those fluids are ice cold uh, and again, having sports drinks on hand to uh, obviously to be able to try and get some electrolytes back in. Problems sometimes with some of these sports drinks, the sweat rate of these athletes can be very high. Uh, some literature highlighting American football athletes with uh, sweat losses of over 2 litres per hour. Uh, so clearly here, uh, your typical sports drink is not cutting it. So we may look at testing sweat rates and uh, electrolyte contents of sweat in different athletes to be able to formulate some individualized beverages, which can maybe help uh, mitigate some of those negative effects of uh, sweat losses and dehydration, uh, especially in those long prolonged practices and in moments of competition. Okay, so question number four is, uh, are there any dietary supplements that you would recommend for the American football athletes? think first and foremost, creatine monohydrate supplementation makes it a lot of sense for the American football athlete. And we're looking at repeatedly producing those high-intensity efforts and the ability to repeatedly sprint and give maximal effort. Creatine checks all those boxes. In addition, strength and conditioning has always been a cornerstone of American football teams. So again, if we're looking to increase strength, power, um, add lead mass to a player again, we would probably recommend creatine supplementation. Lastly, uh, traumatic brain injury and concussions has garnered a lot of conversation in American football. And we know that the brain has its own creatine store. So again, creatine supplementation from a um, brain health uh, standpoint, again, may make some sense. The literature on this is early days, but I certainly don't think there's any harm there. And when we look at cognitive benefits... especially in a sport which is pretty tactically and cognitively demanding there may be some added uh, impact there for the athlete. Moving on I think beta alanine uh, also makes sense for an American football athlete. Uh, Typically we're told that one to four minute uh, period is where we're going to see the most benefits of beta alanine and I think in some of these teams running that up-tempo offense going up and down the field kind of within that time period it can make a lot of sense again especially Uh, for your linemen running backs you know some of those positions that don't substitute in and out frequently and their ability to buffer um, again is something that we've had some good antidotal success with with some of the athletes that i work with lastly one which comes kind of in and out of conversations is the dietary nitrates we now know there's some pretty good evidence to support those high intensity efforts uh, as opposed to just solely endurance exercise Uh, and i will say that a lot of the athletes i work with don't eat a lot of nitrate rich food so we can fulfill our needs there and a 70 milliliter shot uh, and again uh, it tends to be one that a lot of our athletes note they feel better and they take and do notice an improvement so by all means have at it so the final question for this evening's episode is what are some of your top tips or advice you can give to an individual looking at gain work experience or a position overseas um, this is a question i receive a lot and i think it's great that young practitioners are looking to step outside the comfort zone and expand on the wealth of opportunities that are out there. I think when reaching out and looking at these positions, uh, you need to be far in your communication. Make sure you're addressing these people uh, correctly. Um, there's no spelling mistakes. You are attaching copies of your CV. Uh, you know, making sure you have someone check over that for you. Make sure it's well formatted. And um, these individuals are getting hundreds of messages a week from people looking for positions and internships. And uh, what can you bring to the table? which is uh, different and stands out from the crowd. So, um, you know, make sure to show yourself off and get yourself out there uh, and try and offer something in return. You know, what are you bringing to the table which is different from those other 99 messages received that week? Um, I think sometimes the best advice is to take a leap of faith. You know, understand that gaining work experience abroad, even if it's not something you want to do long term, can be incredibly valuable for your practice. Being able to put yourself in the uh, environment outside of your comfort zone and work with athletes from different parts of the world, different cities, upbringings, backgrounds, cultures um, hugely valuable uh, and shape your ability as a practitioner to you know really deliver um, the messages you're after. You know, I think we're at a stage in this field where everyone has a pretty good grasp on the science, um, you know, everyone is pretty clued up, but you know, can you apply that? Can you get your message across? Uh, to an athlete from a different country, different upbringing, different age to you uh, It's a real challenge, but I think we'll pay dividends in
0: the end. So a big thanks to Charles there for his expert advice. He's someone that really impresses me whenever we speak. He certainly knows his theory and how to deliver. American football is bonkers. As well as the physical extreme tactical requirements, I know the varied social economic circumstances of the players also makes it really challenging. If you look at the external and internal physical metrics from football, they just aren't that high, but rest assured, the extreme intensities, the collisions mean these guys are burning through some calories. And as a result of their mass, their muscle mass requirements and the training demands, players require high calorie intakes, which we ideally want from carbs, protein and healthy fats. But as Charles mentioned, fats can be a challenge with the penchant for fried foods. Hydration and cooling is an issue because of the high temps, humidity and protective clothing. Sweat testing could be useful here to individualise strategies, use regular cooling, hydration breaks, electrolytes and I first learned about pickle juice to negate cramping from watching Last Chance You. For supplements, creatine seems a no-brainer for football. Its benefits in negating brain trauma is a fascinating area of research as it is with DHA with Omega 3s. Part of the advice for working abroad is advice for all performance disciplines anywhere in the world. Can you sell? You are selling your opinion and practices to management and athletes. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please subscribe to our podcast and YouTube to hear the whole episode and leave a review. And hopefully we'll see you next week. Stay indoors, look after your loved ones and take care.